we are going to get into Acts 22. That's all, that's as far as we're getting. So um, I apologize for that. But uh, anytime I dive into scripture, I do it a particular way. If I'm going to study the Bible, this is the way that I do it. And so my going deeper classes is kind of the premise that we do. There's always five questions that I ask if I'm studying the Bible. And these are them. The first one is who wrote the book? Like who actually wrote? Yes, I know all scriptures is inspired by God. Thank you. But Somebody actually did pen it. So who did that? That's, that's very interesting to me, and I think it's really important when you're studying the Bible. To whom did they write it? Uh, that's, you know, who was the recipient? Who was the intended recipient? Yes, I do know that um, we're all the recipients, um, but there was a specific recipient at that time. Why did they write it? What was the purpose? What were they trying to teach the recipients? What were the, what were the recipients um, trying to understand? And then the last question, or the fourth question is, what is God trying to teach me? And the fifth question is, what shall I do now? What? Because if I'm just reading, if I'm just studying, and I'm not doing, then I think I'm missing kind of the point. Now, the first three questions, we know. We've, we've been talking about those, so we'll do a quick quiz. Um, pastoral staff and Dave Condon, keep your mouth shut. Who wrote the book of Acts? Luke, very good. To whom did he write it? Oh, that's getting harder. Theophilus, Dave, come on, you can't even follow instructions. Um, right, Dave, Theophilus, which he wrote two books, Luke and Acts, to Theophilus, and why did he write it? Yeah, it was, okay, so nobody knows, all right, so. What you been talking about? <laughs> so, anyway, uh, to Theophilus, and it was a legal document. It was, it was presenting evidence uh, as to the occurrences and the happening and what was going on in the early church uh, to Theophilus. But the last two questions, those are questions that change every verse, every chapter, every time you read it. These are two questions that could make a huge difference. You could read a scripture today and God could speak powerfully to you, and then you could read that exact same scripture in a year or two years and God would say it, tell you something totally different. And so that's what's exciting. One of the very exciting things about scripture, we can study it for historical value and theological value, but what is God teaching me? And then now, what shall I do? What are the next step? What is this scripture? What is God? And what is the spirit of God compelling me to do? And so that's what we're going to do here today. We are going to get into a little bit of chapter 22, but the challenge is, is that I have to at least give a little summary of the end of chapter 21. Um, and so, guess what's happening to Paul? He's taking a beating again. This guy's getting beaten a lot. So in the end of chapter 21, he is in the temple and he has been sharing his faith. He's been sharing the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ, trying to compel his fellow Jewish people to hear. And the, and the, the Jewish leaders got all riled up and they got everybody else riled up. And so they start, they commence to beating on him. Um, and they, they really start, they're, they're giving it to him pretty good. Um, it's so much commotion that the Roman guards here, the Romans come in, and as when the Romans come in, they stop, they stop beating them. And, uh, and, he's there, and they're trying to ask Paul, hey, what did you do to piss these people off so much that they're beating on you like this? And, uh, and they're trying to, you're trying to figure out what happened, but they can't hear because there's so much commotion. There's so much stuff going on. So they just, they literally pick Paul up like crowd surfing sort of thing. And they, and they carry him up. Uh, they're going to carry him out of this temple. And as soon as he gets far enough away where they can hear him, he says, please, please let me speak to my people. Let me speak to my people. Uh, and the Romans do. They put him down and he's on the temple mount and he, um, and he begins to speak to his people. And, and this is what he says. And one thing that's a little bit surprising to the people is that he begins to speak to them in Hebrew. 
So I don't think everybody knew that they were beaten on one of their own, that they were physically harming one of their own uh, people, one of their own uh, that, that followed right into their culture. So um, verse 20, or chapter 22, starting in verse 1, it says, Brothers and fathers, hear the defense that I now make before you. And when they heard that he was addressing them in, he, in the Hebrew language, they became even more quiet. And he said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city, educated at the feet of Gamaliel, according to the strict manner of the law of our fathers, being zealous for God as all of you are this day. I persecuted the way to death, binding and delivering to prison both men and women. So this is quite an appeal. He is, he is speaking to the people, and he speaks to them in their own language, which was surprising, and he, uh, and he begins to compel them. He get, begins to tell the stories that, I'm a, I'm a Jew. I'm one of you. And not only that, I'm probably a better Jew than you. Um, I, was, I was born in um, Tarsus, which only thing that could have been better is if he was born in Jerusalem. So he quickly shifts. I was born in Tarsus, but I was raised and educated in Jerusalem. And I studied at the feet of Gamaliel, who was a, who was a very well-renowned um, and well-respected uh, Jewish leader and teacher. So they would have known this name and they would have been, okay, this, guy is, this guy's for real. Um, he's, he's going in there and he, and he goes in and then not only that, then he starts to sort of uh, goes, gets a little salesy on him and says, hey, I was zealous for God just like you are today. Just like y'all are right here, the reason you're at temple is because you want to do what God wants. You're wanting to, to be obedient to him. And so that's, so I'm with you. He goes, I was like that. And he goes, not only like that, what you just did to me, remember you're beating on me like 30 seconds ago? I did that even more so. I, 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 uh, I persecuted the Christians the way uh, to death. And I grabbed up as many as I could and I put them in prison. And so it was, I was just like you until one thing happened, until something happened that, uh, that changed my life, that changed the way I think about things forever. And of course, that was, he begins to share his testimony. He shares his entire testimony. We're not going to read all of that because Pastor Mark did it several weeks ago, but he talks about specifically his journey on, his, on the road to Damascus. He tells them, I was going to Damascus to persecute more Christians. I was going to go try to arrest them and harm them and do many things, whatever I could. And on the road to Damascus, Jesus appeared to me as a bright light and I, and I, was, uh, I was blinded. And then my, my, my guys dragged me to, to, a little, to the city and a guy named Ananias came and, and helped me out. And I got my sight back and, I, and I've been a follower of Christ ever since. Um, now, something that's a little interesting here. This is 20 years after this. So this is 20 years after his road to Damascus conversion, but this is the first time that it's recorded him sharing it in Scripture. So him actually sharing the exact testimony. And so this is the first time that he's done that, even though it's been 20 years. I think, you know, we read Acts, and that's like, oh, that's like eight chapters ago, so that's like maybe eight weeks. It's not. It's 20 years um, that Paul's been following Christ. And so Paul shares his uh, testimony a total of four times um, throughout Scripture where, where it's recorded. I, I got to believe he shared it every day. Or, you know, if, if, if I had quite that story, I might do it. But right here in chapter 22, he shares it. Here he's trying to convince the Jews. He's like, I'm, I'm one of you. And I, yet I have been changed uh, when, once I had an encounter with Christ. And that's available to you. 
in chapter 26, that's next week. Don't know who I'm stealing that from, but um, he's, he shares it to convince the Gentiles. Um, you know, because remember, they're, they're enemies. And so he's trying to convince the Gentiles that, yes, I am. Uh, I have been changed. I have been um, completely converted. I am a follower of Christ. And then in Philippians, he dives into theological meaning behind it. And then finally in Timothy, he gives encouragement to one of his most um, uh, dedicated disciples in Timothy. And so that's the reason he shares it. And the reason I just, the only reason I went through that really is just so you know that your testimony has much more than one purpose. Your testimony is, is ready for any occasion. And yeah, you can say, well, I, don't, I wasn't blinded on the road to Eatonville, but, but you are changed, you're different just as, just as Paul was. And so your testimony can be for family, it can be for friends, it can be for encouragement, it can be for theological purpose, it can be for discussion, it can be for passion, it can be for heartache. It is an incredible thing, your testimony, um, just as Paul's was. And so the question really is not, did he share his testimony? Because in fact he did, or even how many times or for what reason. Um, But why did he stop the men that were rescuing him from the crowd to share his testimony? He stopped them. They were rescuing him. They were saving him out of abuse and Um, and saving him from the people that were beating on him. And yet he said, let me talk to them. Let me speak to them. I just want to share with them one more time. I want to get one more chance to do this. And it did it because he loved his people. He loved his people in a way that I'm not sure we quite grasp. He loved them an incredible way. This is in uh, Romans 9. He said, I'm speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, for my kinsmen according to the flesh. They are Israelites, and to them belong adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from their race according to the flesh is the Christ, who is God over all, blessed forever. Amen. That is love. That is an incredible love that only God can bring us for people. So Paul loved his people. He loved the Jewish people. He loved the Jewish law. And he wanted nothing more for, than for them to come to the saving knowledge of who Jesus is. Look at that in chapter, in verse three, in Romans nine, verse three. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off for the sake of my brothers. Um. Can you say that? Have you ever said anything so crazy in your life that, that you would trade your eternity so that, so that a people might be saved, so that people might come to know Jesus? That's an incredible love. That's an incredible passion that he had for the Jewish people. And it was real, and it never ended. It never changed with who, within his life and who he was. He was never ashamed or like, I used to be a Jew, none of that. He loved his people, and he wanted nothing more than to see them saved. Do you love your people like that? Do you love your people in that way, that you're willing to give it all up for them to be saved? This next little part is going to sound like a pretty harsh rebuke, um, so I'm sorry for that, because... It wasn't intended for you. I know that when I was studying, it was intended for me. 
Uh, I got my butt kicked um, doing this, but I have a feeling you might too. Um, there's only three reasons we don't choose to pursue our people in the way that Paul did and give up everything in order that they might be saved. Is one is you don't know your people. You don't know who your people are. Maybe you were abandoned. Maybe you were neglected. Um, maybe you moved far away and, and your people are somewhere else. Uh, those kind of things. Maybe, maybe that's true and you don't know who your people are, but I can guarantee you, you have people. And, uh, and you should love them and you should pursue after them. The next thing is you don't love your people. Could be the same thing. Maybe your people were the, were the worst kind of cruel to you. Uh, maybe your family, maybe you were abused or, um, or neglected. Or maybe they just irritate you. I was teaching, uh, I taught you know, for, out of college for several years, and uh, you know, I was an okay, okay teacher, I guess you could say. Um, but what I was really good at was loving my students. You know, I, loved, I loved the kids. I loved, and the more of a pain in the butt they were, usually I loved them more. Um, and so, but there was one particular kid, his name was David. I will not say his last name. Um, but he drove me insane. I literally wish this kid would be absent. Um, everything he did irritated me. He had gigantic eyeballs. He was, he was super loud. If you're quiet, you could probably hear him. Yeah. Just incredibly irritating. And, and, but, norm, but there were other kids like that. And yet, for whatever reason, this kid, I just didn't have it for him. And so I asked God, because uh, I didn't like not loving my kids, uh, my students. I, just, I didn't care for it. Um, and so I asked God to put a love for him inside of me that was real, and God did. And I loved that kid. And he's, his giant eyeballs and loud mouth didn't bother me again. Well, it bothered me because it was class, but it didn't like irritate me to the level that, uh, that I didn't want him around. But I know that that is true. If you've lost love for your people, if you've forgotten about them or if they're, uh, or, or, you, or you can't focus on them or whatever it is, ask God to place that love within you for them. Ask God to do that and he will do it. And then the third one is the hard one is that you don't take seriously the threat of hell. Paul knew when we look in Romans 1, Paul knew that his people, the Israelites, that they had everything. They had all the promises of God. They had um, the adoption. They belonged to the glory, to the covenants, to the giving of the law, the worship, the promises, um, the patriarchs. As a matter of fact, Jesus himself came um, out of their flesh. And yet he knew all that was for nothing without Christ. There is one way to spend eternity with heaven, and that is through the person of Jesus Christ. And sometimes we, we want to fluff it up a little bit and, you know, make it, uh, you know, we, wanna, we just want to sweet talk everybody um, or, or be as nice as we can and as sweet as we can. And, the, and there is a place for that. And, and I'm not telling us how to do it, but I know that I have fallen way short when it comes to reaching out and evangelizing and pursuing those that I love that are lost. All right, so if the first question is why did he share his testimony, the next question would be why didn't they listen? This is a freaking awesome testimony. I mean, they don't get a whole lot better than this. I've been on a bunch of encounters and all these things, and I, we've got some amazing testimonies in this room, people that have overcome addiction and abuse and abandonment and, and people that have come in and, and Christ has changed their, their life, and, and they're wonderful and powerful and amazing testimonies. 
And they're all still pretty far away from, uh, from this one, how amazing Paul's testimony is, that he was not just a, just a guy that was not that good. He was an abuser of Christians. He was a tormentor of Christians. And he went to seek them out so that he could, it wasn't like he just, whenever they stumbled across his path, he'd kick them in the head. He went out to find them so that he could beat on them, so he could persecute them, so that he could separate them from the Jewish law. And yet Jesus changed his life in a way that was absolutely incredible. One of the hard things about this is, is that he loved his people, but they didn't listen to him because his people were not his calling. And I know that's a hard thing. That's a hard thing for Paul because it was, you know, he wanted nothing more as we saw for his people to be saved. And I know that some of us are in here in this situation where we want nothing more than for our family to be saved or for our friends or, or for our group of people, the people that we belong to and that belong to us. And yet those very people may not be our calling. We may not be the ones that's going to deliver the message in a way that they can hear it, just as Paul tried. Paul tried so hard to deliver the message to them time and time again so that they could understand it, so that they could fall in love with Jesus as he had, and yet his people were not his calling. Oops. In Acts 22 and 21, so, so near the end of Paul's testimony, he was sharing from the Temple Mount. They're listening. They're listening intently, and he's sharing his testimony, and he says, uh, you know, he goes, I, he goes, after my conversion experience, Jesus met me again in the temple, and it was amazing, and Jesus told me, he said, your people aren't going to listen to you, and you know, we're like, well, yeah, they are, of course they are, but guess what? Jesus knew, um, and he said, people aren't going to listen to you, and so Jesus told him, he said, go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. And this is when his people, the Jewish people, lost it. They lost their minds. Because it even says in the scripture, up until this word, what word? Gentiles. The word is Gentiles. They hated the Gentiles. And you got to believe that Paul hated them at some point as well. Paul despised them in a way that, that all Jews did. You know why? Who was amongst the Gentiles? The Romans. The Romans, the very people that had conquered them and overthrown them and that were ruling over them. And, and, and yeah, they allowed them to be Jewish, a little bit Jewish still, but they had to do it under, under slavery, under torment, under oversight. They didn't have liberty and freedom to do the very thing that they wanted to do the most. So they despised the Gentiles. And they said, up to this word, Gentiles, they listened to him then all bets are off. They said, they raised their voices and said, away with such a fellow from the earth, for he should not be allowed to live. They're talking about Paul, the guy they were just listening to, one of their brothers. And so, they, he lost it. He lost his opportunity there to win his people. And so, he had to go and do what Jesus had told him to do. So the two questions, the two last questions are, what is God teaching me and what shall I do now? And so hopefully God taught you something. He taught me a lot reading this, this scripture. Um, but what are you going to do? 
what shall you do now? And one of those things is know and love your people. Never give up on your people, even if they're not your calling. (laughs) Just like Paul, Paul continued to give his testimony to the people, his people, whenever he had opportunity. When he wrote to the Romans, he, he continued to include both the Jewish people and the Gentiles. And he just had this passion for his people. Never give up on your people. Always love your people. Always pursue after them. Always chase after them. Maybe, maybe there is some, there's somebody else calling. Pray for whoever is calling to deliver them. That is what you should do. That is what we should all do is know and love your people. And the next thing would be to pursue your calling with all that is in you. And I know what a lot of people are thinking. I have no idea what my calling is. Um, that's what I know some of us are thinking. Um, you know, and Paul tried to, Paul, even Paul tried to fight uh, his calling in some ways. But pursue your calling with all that is in you. If you don't know your calling, ask. Ask for God to reveal it to you. Ask for God to do. So there's two things. Um, you don't know your calling or you think you're not ready. You're like, I'm working on me a little bit. I, gotta, I don't know the Bible that well. Uh, I don't really hear from the Holy Spirit too great. I don't, uh, I can't only do my devotion like once a month. Um, You know, those kind of things. None of that matters. Do what you're called to do because there is nothing, there is nothing more therapeutic to your own soul than to doing what God purposed you to do. There is nothing more healing in your own heart than to go out and be the person that God has called you to be. So those are the two things that I would challenge you. In my business, I would call them uh, action items. Those are the action items for today. So I would ask that you would stand with me. And normally at this time, whoever's up here prays for you. But I I want to do something a little different. I want you to think about your people. Who are your people? Have you loved them the way that they should be loved, the way that Paul loved his people? Have you forgotten about them maybe because you moved away or they moved away? but think about your people and pray for them. Just dwell on it for just a minute. Maybe they're in a different country or a different state, but wherever they are, there's some of them that are probably lost. There's some of them that probably need to know Jesus and so I just ask that she would lift them up now and then the, la- the next thing is is your calling what is the next step that you're supposed to do to fulfill what God has for you um, Pastor Peter often says God made us on purpose for a purpose and uh, and, and I, I he's right I believe that um, but what is the next step maybe maybe the next step is to really dive into maybe It is, you've known it and you've been fighting it or ignoring it or pretending like God's not calling you there. Um, So I'm gonna pray and I would just ask that you pray about those two things just for a moment. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and for your servant, Paul, Lord, and his passion and his compassion for his people, Lord. So Father, we pray that you would put that passion and compassion and love for our people within us, Lord, that we would never give up. Even if you've called us somewhere else, that we would never give up on our people, that we would continue to pray for them, that we would continue to lift their names up to you, Lord, that we would continue that they would stay on the front of our heart, Lord. And that when we get opportunity, we would share testimony, we would share what you've been doing in our life, Father. And maybe some of us, our people are our calling, Lord. So I pray for extra strength and extra ambition and extra passion for that, Lord. 
Lord, also I just ask that you would reveal the next step you want for our purpose, Lord, for the very thing that we've been called to, Lord. Maybe we've been ignoring it. Maybe we don't know what it is, Father. I just ask for the person that doesn't know what you've called them to do, that you would shine a light and that they would see it and that they would know it and then they would chase after it, Father. We thank you for chasing after us, for pursuing us, for saving us, Lord. We love you, Father. Help us to love you more in Jesus' name. Amen.